Welcome to a crossover podcast featuring members of the Ages of Rock, Kiss My Collectibles, and Kiss FAQ podcast discussing topics of mutual interest. We hope that you enjoy today's show and visit our respective independent podcasts. We thank you for listening. Welcome to a crossover podcast featuring members of Ages of Rock, Kiss My Collectibles, and the Kiss FAQ podcast. Um, I'm going to host this. My name is Julian Gill. I'm webmaster and admin on the Kiss FAQ uh, message board, and I am joined by the host of, one of the hosts of Kiss My Collectibles, Jason. Jason, introduce yourself. Uh, give everyone a, a little bit of uh, information as to where they can find you on the web to listen to your show. Sure. Jason Herndon, as, as Julian said, I do uh, Kiss My Collectibles, which um, originally started out as Kiss My Wax. Uh, I do it with Tom Shannon and Andrew Scambatti and a few other guests that set in from time to time. But um, instead of giving you all the YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff, you can just go to kissmycollectibles.com with a K, and uh, you can get our YouTube links, our Facebook links. Uh, you can view our episodes and the whole nine yards, but that's what we do. We're not a general discussion kind of podcast. We talk about collecting kiss, so vinyl, toys, bootlegs, the whole nine yards. That's That's what we focus on, so... Very happy to be here. Very cool. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we will provide a link to Jason's site, and you'll get some more information about Jason in a couple of minutes. Uh, Alan, Ages of Rock, welcome. Uh, Good to be finally on a podcast with you after meeting you in Nashville. That's absolutely awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast and where people can find you. I was born a poor black farmer. (laughs) (laughs) And I know I got that quote wrong, but I can't remember it. Uh, I am one of the three co-hosts of Ages of Rock. You can find us at agesofrock.com. We are three middle-aged Midwestern men who just talk about musical stuff that we find fascinating or sometimes musical stuff that pisses us off. And you can find us, I guess you want the web address. <laughs> yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll add it into the notes afterwards because then people aren't trying to listen back and, what's it, what, the capital R or what? Uh, Marcus Almighty, obviously you're one of my colleagues on the Kiss FAQ podcast, but you also do other podcasts, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself for anyone who's a new listener. Okay, so obviously as Julian just said, I do the Kiss FAQ podcast on a regular basis. I also... I'm a co-host on the Yes Music podcast. That's weekly. Uh, that's out of England. Uh, I think just outside of Birmingham, if I'm not mistaken. The main guy who runs it. Um, we we do strictly Yes and all things related to Yes, whether it's their solo career stuff or whatever, whoever's doing what. As long as you're related to Yes, somehow we're talking about you. And I also do, every once in a while, I do a little segment called the east west vinyl analysis with ken keenan who's also the other member of the kiss faq and we basically just uh talk about records that we've each kind of gotten into our collection and we kind of want to you know tell each other about sort of deal and you know see if see if we can get each other interested in different sorts of albums that are on our radar so to speak so that's about it 
Thanks a lot. And uh, Birmingham is in Alabama, and Birmingham is in England. So, but <laughs> you know, I almost said something, but I thought I would just not. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be talking today about the Gene Simmons vault. And all of us have KISS backgrounds, um, and everyone has heard mine on the KISS FAQ podcast, so I don't want this to be about me. Uh, everyone knows about Mark and his favorite album, Destroyer. Um, Jason, yeah. when we do the KISS FAQ podcast and we have a new person on, I always like to put them through a little bit of an inquisition. And, and since I'm kind of uh, holding the reins here today, um, I just want to get a little bit of your background when it comes to KISS before we talk about Gene. And... Uh, you know, your Ed Sullivan moment with Kiss, what was that one spark that suddenly got you in, interested in a bunch of guys who were wearing tights and makeup, who weren't the well, dolls? Well, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's kind of a memory that I kind of remember and don't remember, but was told by my parents. So I've told the story many times, many times over the years, but apparently somewhere along the lines when I was about three years old, um, we were watching television here, actually in this very house, because I inherited our, my childhood home when my parents passed away, but we were watching television, um, an old black and white TV that you had to turn, get up and turn by the, the knob, and um, so, you know, I'm guessing this would have been somewhere in 70, late 78 or something like that. Anyway, um, my mom was getting up to turn the channels, and I, she stopped, and Kiss was on TV, I don't know exactly what it was. I always imagined in the time frame that it was probably Phantom, but I don't know what it was. All I know is Kiss was on the television for some reason. Could have been anything that aired in 78, 79 in that time period. Um, but she stopped for a moment. I was watching. She And then she proceeded to turn the channel, and I said, according to my mother, Oh, Mom, turn it back to those funny-looking clowns. So... <laughs> Apparently, I just kept going on and on and on about these funny-looking clowns, and for Christmas slash my birthday, my birthday's on the 27th of December of that year, um, they, they, there wasn't really much that they could find around here in this little town to buy, so at the local Five and Dime, they bought me a copy of Destroyer on vinyl. Not really to listen to, but to look at, you know, because that was the only thing we could find with a picture on them in this little town. I also happen to have a little Mickey Mouse record player that I used to play little books on tapes on and stuff. And so, inevitably, I took the record out of the sleeve at four years old and put it on that Mickey Mouse record player, and that's how I started listening to Kiss. So, from there on out, probably every six months or so, my parents would go to the Five and Dime store here called Ben Franklin and would uh, would pick me up a little um, uh, Kiss record. And uh, and before I knew it, I was in school, first and second grade, and I was taking things like the rub and play kit that we found to first grade and playing with it in the class class picnic outside on the playground and all that stuff. And I started saving my lunch money and not eating lunch at school and going to the store and buying records. So, but that was really that was really it. I wish I knew what it was I was watching. But so do you do you know when you played that? destroy a record for the first time if you started on side one or did you start on side two well i i think i probably painted my memory thinking i started with detroit rock city but i was i was four years old i don't know i have no clue i have no memory <laughs> i do still have the record though oh that's i have that's I very have that's showed, very cool i yeah, have I've seen that on, episode right i have showed it on kiss my wax it is drawn on it has pac-man stickers on it it's beat <laughs> 
to pieces. Wow. I made my own gatefold out of it. I, you know, cut the cover apart and stuck in magazine articles on the inside and bizarre, but I still have it. So very cool. You answered what would have been my next question, which is what was your first kiss album? What is your favorite kiss album? If you got to go through that catalog and don't think about it too long. Favorite. Nope. No, I got a list. I can list them right off. It'd be Creatures is my favorite. Oh, excellent. Uh, I, I probably identify the most with the Creatures period because uh, that was the first tour I saw. My father took me to see them on January 30th, 1983, which happens to be the 10th anniversary to the day. Yep. And uh, so I uh, saw them at uh, Municipal Auditorium in Nashville with Night Ranger open, and I was, uh, I think I just turned seven. And my dad took me to see them. So I really identify with the Creatures period. Um, and so that record is near and dear to me, not, not only because it's badass, but, but, you know, the time period also plays into it as well. Yep. So. And, and obviously the memories of your first concert, that show, Night Ranger. Wow. I'm jealous. Absolutely <laughs> jealous. Uh, final yep. question. What flavor Kool-Aid do you drink? Who is your favorite member of the band? Well, I have to say Paul, probably. Uh, when I was little, when I was growing up, it was Peter. Um, I was fascinated with drums and, um, you know, he's the reason why I play drums. And but as I grew up and I and I started, you know, paying attention to songwriting and and all of that stuff, I, I really just gravitated towards Paul. So that's awesome, Alan. We're gonna start with you on the same set of questions and uh, your Ed Sullivan moments. Uh, well, much like Jason, I don't really remember a specific Ed Sullivan moment. The earliest thing that I remember was probably in 78 or 79 when I was eight or nine years old. My babysitter asked what I wanted for my birthday. And I said, the record that Beth is on, because I remembered that song, you know. So to answer your second question, (laughs) Destroyer was my first record, and I did start on side one. I had not the Mickey Mouse record player, but I had a little Panasonic record player that had these speakers that were about this big, and, you know, they were probably about that big around and didn't throw out any bass at all. So, but uh, I wore my record out. I played it so much it warped. And no, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. I mean, getting two people whose first record obviously is Destroyer is, is excellent. Uh, what's your favorite Kiss album? Hotter I mean, Than Hell. Oh, that was quick. That was that was a very fast response. What was the song that you performed at the national? Were you on Got to Choose? I was on Got to Choose, Parasite, yeah. and Charisma. Yeah. Now the, now the thing about Parasite, I was supposed to play drums, and I had not practiced my drums. I really hadn't played drums since my band broke up several years ago. So like three days before the XY, I thought, man, I better sit down and play through Parasite. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you, Lee McCormack. Thank you, Lee McCormack. <laughs> but on a on a on kind of the same note, you know, nobody stepped up to play Parasite on the bass, so I played Parasite on the bass, and it was obvious when we got to the solo part that I didn't remember the middle because <laughs> yeah, my fingers are all over the wrong frets. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? It didn't matter that night because that was just a hell of a time up on stage playing those songs, and Lee McCormack. Uh, Oh my goodness, what a what a musician, what a personality, what a character. And I you know, I gotta give a shout out to Gary Schaller. You know, oh, yes. he played a lot of the lead work that night and it was just so fun to be a part of and just to see him and it was such a fun event. So um 
What's your flavor of Kool-Aid when it comes to Kiss? Who's your guy? Well, ultimately, it has to be Gene. Because, you know, like Jason said, Peter Chris, it was his inspiration for drums. Gene's my inspiration for bass. However, Ace is so close to my favorite as well. It's kind of, sometimes I like to mix those Kool-Aids. You know, <laughs> I may have to go to, where are they playing together in Minnesota, St. Paul, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, it. Yep. I may have to go sample that Kool-Aid and see how good it turns out. <laughs> That'll be an interesting show for sure. Yes, yes, yeah. it will. That, that's I mean, it's going to be fun. Gene, one by of those far my, Gene, by far, is my favorite member of Kiss, and Ace is always number two, always will be. You know. Excellent. So, Mark, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to skip over us because you can come over and check our back episodes of the Kiss FAQ podcast to get more of a feel uh, for Mark and myself. Uh, and we want to do uh, to keep the show flowing. You know, we're going to talk about the Gene Simmons vault. And let's just start off with a, with a basic. Who has bought an experience or is intending on buying an experience at this time? I, I, I'm all in for Los Angeles. Um, I am in a situation where I purchase or I will be purchasing the plus one on the $2,000 vault experience from a friend that's, that's uh, lives in Atlanta. And uh, so basically I'll go with him. If this works out that way, I'll go with him and I will get to participate in the portion where Gene, you know, gives you the vault and you ask the questions and get your autograph and photos taken. I'll get to participate in that, but he gets all the goodies. So, um, although the, the video clips I've seen in the past 24 hours, yeah, are really pushing me to figure out what crap back here I can sell to get my hands <laughs> on, on, on the whole thing because that vault lo- looks amazing. So I just I just showed my cards, but uh, but yeah. So I'm kind of a participant right now. Yep, I'm I, I'm still looking for a plus one. Uh, Mark, he's going to be in Toronto. Uh, are, are you going to pull the trigger or are you going to be diligent and say I'm going to wait for and hope for something else? Um. How can I put this politely? There's, <laughs> there, there's, there's no way in ooh, in hell am I gonna pay for that. Um, no, no offense, and I like I said, this is not, I'm not saying anything negative to anybody else who wants to do it. You know, whoever wants to do it, great. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm actually excited for you guys to go and check it out. Right? It's just, you know, in my situation, I've gone to Nam several times. You know, I've I've run into Gene numerous times at these things as well. I mean, I could see Gene Simmons and not have to pay anything near that much money to see him. You know, and I mean, I'm just and I'm just fortunate that way. Just like some people out there are fortunate enough to have fifty thousand dollars to go and do it. I wish I could be in their shoes, right, to be able to do that. But I I can't afford that much money to do it. But I'm lucky in the way that if I ever wanted to go and meet up with people like that, I can always go to the NAM convention because my position with as a musician and having endorsement deals and stuff, I'm able to go and participate in that sort of stuff. And I can meet those guys in a very easy environment where you're just walking, you know, it's, you can go walk up to like Nico McBrain of Iron Maiden and talk to him for an hour and you won't have an issue with it because it's not open to the public. It's musicians only. Right. So it's that kind of an environment. So I, I really I'm hoping that it'll come out in some other form. I I know they keep saying it's not going to happen, but I'm just secretly keeping my fingers crossed that the music will come out in another form because I just really don't want to pay fifty thousand nor twenty five 
thousand dollars and really the two thousand dollars is still something i just don't see myself doing okay alan how about you i am not doing the experience i'm much like him i think that six months after all that is said and done they're going to put out you know even if you don't get the vault they're going to sell the rest of that you know when they did when they put out the box set didn't they do different different sizes of the box set there were three you know? yes yeah mm-hmm. I, I think that's what they're going to end up doing but you know i listened to an interview with gene on sirius xm the other day and he basically said you know i'm going to sell this to the people who really really want it first you know the people who are willing to spend the money on it because i know once that's out there you know once it gets online the game is over that's right that's the whole plan and uh he's gonna get paid for it as much as he can while he can and then once once he gets the big product out like he wants it's gonna come out in another format and i will wait for that as a person that i might only get a cardboard vault I might not have metal wheels on it. You know, as a person, though, that wants to purchase it um, and that, you know, will purchase, will be involved somehow, I I, I don't care if it comes out six months later or whatever in some kind of other – because I'm not just paying for the music, you know. Sure, you're paying for – look, I bought Kisteria. I have two of them sitting back here. Those are almost $2,000 sets, and – I, Gene didn't hand it to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I if I'm going to buy that, you know, two thousand right. dollars on this is not a stretch for for me. You know, and I had to sell crap to get that. You know, I'm not I'm not rich. Pe- people are saying, oh, it's just just for the rich. It's only for the rich fans. Nah, you know, if you try, I guarantee you. Julian's selling records like crazy in, in my groups on Facebook <laughs> yeah. to fund this purchase. So the plasma be, bank keeps turning him away. I'll be doing the same, you know. <laughs> I'll find a way if I really, you know. I'm a sucker for well, packaging, you know, too. So. For the people who like the packaging, they want to do the experience. I think it's great, you know. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, did he, Gene really is offering, you know... This is an experience, even though I don't think he's spending enough time with the people who's buying it. I agree with that. You know, but uh, it's your money. If you want to spend it on that, you go spend it on that. If you want to go buy a $100,000 Lamborghini or Ferrari or whatever, that's your money. Go spend it how you want. You know, when when it's all said and done and we're laying there in our deathbed, we're not going to be thinking... Man, I wish I'd have bought that Lamborghini because I bought that Lamborghini. Yeah, but you know what? I think the only – I think from this is what my impression is with this whole thing is, like I said, I don't have any issue with people who want to spend the $50,000 or the $25,000 or the $2,000 if they can afford to. I think what's rubbing people the wrong way is that the people who can't afford those things feel left out, that there's not – something for them like just a standalone cd of just the music and i think that's what's really rubbing the people and they don't want to admit it that they feel left out of the whole thing that there's going to be people talking about oh i got to see gene and i got this and look at my cool you know vault and this and that and those people won't even be able to say yeah i got the music it sounds great you know what i mean it just feels i think those people just feel kind of at at this to the side a little bit at this time in the world there seems to be a really um 
an us versus them, and I don't want to get into Roger Waters, but you know, us and them, that there, <laughs> there, there's a certain revulsion against what's perceived as a one percenter. You're able to do something that I want to do, but I can't afford to do. Therefore, you're a one percenter. I'm sorry, I'm not a one percenter just because I'm selling a lot of Kiss vinyl and other collectibles in order to exactly. stay revenue neutral and uh, do a Gene Simmons experience. Number two on this is number one, I'm not buying the vault. I am buying the experience, and I think that's a very important differentiation. You know, call me pedantic if you want, that we need to make it. It's a clear difference between what we're getting. And Gene has been quite clear on this. I was watching his appearance on um, Fox and Friends and, and one of the other uh, TV shows, maybe it was CNN, not too sure. I just said CNN and Fox in the same sentence. God help me. Um, you probably just pissed everybody off that was watching this show. Every single person's now we annoyed. Got it all. Yeah, it's changing the channel. But you know, <laughs> one one of the things that he has stressed is that you're really the music is secondary to what you are getting in this. And this is not an advertisement. This is not an infomercial. Gene Simmons does not need me to do that. He's doing perfectly fine on his own. But what you are paying for, and what I want to be a part of, is going through kind of that process. I'm going to drive down to L.A. with a friend. We're going to go in there. Um, hopefully on the same day because they do have two days uh, reserve for Los Angeles and you know have a couple of minutes with Gene Simmons and he's gonna give me my vault I'm gonna give him a gift um, have a photograph and uh, hopefully I have a plus one with me who can get the autographs because I don't care about that and I'd love to offset some of my costs with someone who just wants to be in on a photo right. and, and wear my podcast t-shirt or one of my book t-shirts in a picture with Gene um, <laughs> you know and then he gets a picture I get a picture uh, you know and we all go away happy and I get the music um, you know so I'm paying for the experience and I'm very clear on that each one of these things that he's offering be it the vault experience the home uh, the uh, the home delivery experience or the producer experience is an experience well you know if I was going to or if I could afford any of those experiences honestly I think I would be most interested in the producer experience yeah same I think here. I would too yep you know yeah, same here and not just to get my name in the book that I don't care about that, you know. I've helped produce, you know, local nobodies before. You know, my name's in plenty of CDs. But just to be in the room and hear that stuff before the vast majority of people get to hear it, you know, that'd be pretty slick. But, of course, I would tell him, don't edit any of those demos. Play them just how they are. Right. right. <laughs> don't cut a single second out of that. And don't a, don't record it. Don't re-record any vocals, Gene. Right. <laughs> that experience is an hour in the studio with them, right? Yes. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I'd I'd love to do that. That'd be fantastic. I mean, I just love that whole studio environment in general. So that to me kind of when I first saw that, it was kind of those one of those things where I was like, Oh, maybe I should go get a scratch ticket. You know what I mean? Like that kind of lured me if just for that. Because, you know, if I won, you know, fifty thousand bucks in a scratch ticket, I would definitely go for the studio thing because I love that environment. It would be great to talk to him about some of the, the little minutiae about the recordings of it. That's the kind of thing I love. And I think Jason's kind of the same way, too, being a musician as well, right? So I think that right. you would definitely be into that. And same with you as well, obviously, Alan. I mean, I'm not leaving you out, right? Oh, I don't feel left out. <laughs> I just had a thought since you said scratch ticket. I'm going to start buying Powerball tickets. Yeah. When I went to Powerball, 
We all get the experience, buddy. <laughs> the are you experienced experience? So yes. you know, Gene, Gene was mentioning on Fox and uh, on one of the Fox uh, broadcasts that he was on about Electric Lady Studios in New York. Can you imagine being in? I mean, people who went on the Peter Chris New York Expo tour had the impromptu stopping by and Derek Christopher knocking on the door of Electric Lady. Hello, my little street urchins and I, could I come in? Oh yeah, sure, come on in to Electric Lady Studios in New York City. Can you imagine if Eugene Simmons did a producer experience in New York City at Electric Lady, where everything begins in history? Um, just, I mean, that would just be mind-boggling. As of yesterday morning, when I last went through the check of people who've uh, allowed their purchase to be uh, posted online two people have bought the uh, producer experience so far so ka-ching 50,000 just like that Great. yeah like and that. and you said 41 have done the 2,000 yeah 41 yesterday 53 as of this morning so it, it it's growing and he's out there doing his uh, press junket obviously so word is getting out for those who haven't been following and looking at the site before it was officially online because <laughs> obviously they, they did drop the ball a little bit by allowing it to be viewed by just someone who knew what web page to look for as a default that wasn't listed and it you know it, it, it all got out a little early and ruined their media launch but you know there you go you don't log it down someone's gonna look and if it's available you're gonna see we, we also yep I'm, I'm pretty sure we all saw the videos well before they went live but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how many videos there were I know I saw two there are four so uh, you know and, and they're the same versions now up and live um, here, here's something else those videos when you go to GeneSimmonsVault.com, you get an introductory video from Gene explaining what this is 50 years of gene simmons um how many of you guys collected demos back in the day or even to this day who's 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 guilty you know um mark only collected destroyer demos right no (laughs) no no, seriously mark did did you collect demos um you know or do you um i don't really do collect that not even just of kiss i mean i don't really even collect demos of any of the other bands that I like. I think the only band that I have demos of is maybe King Crimson. And that's, that's about it. Um, I don't know. It's just something about it. Never. I don't know. I don't say it doesn't appeal to me because I am interested in the whole process of the songwriting and how the songs develop and so on and so forth. But I think within my circle of friends that I had, we were into going to the conventions and stuff like that. And we were really into collecting the VHS bootleg shows that was that was our big thing we weren't really into collecting the songs and the demos like that we were into like did you get winterland did you get this show did you get you know that's what we were really into so we didn't really go for the demos too much see for me nearly from day one as a kiss fan and i mentioned this on a show the other day i lived in binghamton new york and we had a local music store called magic city and i used to go down there and go through the cassettes and because that that was all i had at home was a walkman and a tape deck and, you know, I'd go up to the counter, I'd pick out my Black Spine 85 reissue uh, cassettes and go up to the counter. And then after buying a few over a few different weeks, the guy behind the counter said, said hey, kid, uh, do you want to see some special stuff? And he brought out a tray of, <laughs> of bootlegs. And there was Wicked Lester, and there was the Kiss 73 demo, and a couple of other things. And that was my introduction. And I got into demos right then and there. 
so that's why the Gene Simmons vault holds such an allure for me is that over the years obviously I did write a book on the demos that I knew of and had been able to track down details of um, it's it's been a love and a passion and having owned many of the master reels and acetates that have you know Gene recorded over the years now the kind of opportunity to have all those holy grails that are going to be contained in this it, it, it's a mandatory thing for me it's like gene simmons demos here's my money take my wallet hey yeah, yeah. oh some credit cards as well not enough who who would have thought what about you alan you know were you a demo guy uh i was not a demo guy until after i pretty well collected all of the video and uh audio that was available you know once i'd gotten all the the bootlegs i guess you know then i started to understand that there were demos rolling around out there and then i you know at one time i had a pretty good collection i think they may be on a hard drive that might not be dead yet (laughs) don't talk about that oh god i couldn't imagine if these hard drives died oh god (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know that feeling Well, well one thing that i i was always intrigued about with kiss demos is you know some of the early demos i think the recordings of the demos were better than what ended up on the studio albums and then once they progressed into the 80s man some of them demos were they were tough to listen to Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah good lord these guys needed a producer (laughs) well you you know what i think it is though i think back in the day like for example a prime example to me is the 73 demo that he did with Eddie Kramer, their first actual recording there. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the version of those songs, to me, sound better than the ones that ended up on the first album. I just I... love those versions of it. But I think what ended up happening is they were always going to, like, renown, not maybe not renowned studios, but actual recording studios, whether it was that Magna Carta or Magna Sound or whatever, Magna Graphics place Magna or whatever. Graphic. Yeah, they would go, they were actually little studios, and when the 80s started to roll around, people started getting those little Fostex tape recorders, and I think Gene and those guys were probably no different than anybody else that got those little tape deck, four-track things, and they would do their demos at home, and they would turn into these shrilly, hard-to-hear demos with these really bad drum machine parts and stuff. So when you listen back to the 70s stuff, because they actually had you know people physically playing stuff and not drum machines and stuff like that, and they were doing according to tape in these studios, I thought the quality were much better in the 70s than some of the 80s, you know, Fostex cassette demos that they would end up doing later on. Jason, I agree. You're, I agree you're, you're, obvi- you're obviously a demo guy, so... Uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, just like, you know, they're, they're talking about, uh, you know, I've, I've always collected bootlegs as long as I could, you know, but knew they were out there. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I've talked about it many times on my our podcast, Um but, you know, I, I have a friend that lives kind of locally to me. His name's Danny, and he's a few years older than I am, uh, probably five or six years uh, older than I am. And so he was really in the mid-'80s, you know, getting up into the 86, 87 era when, when a lot of bootlegs really started rolling out. Uh, he, You know, he was getting all that stuff and saying, hey, man, you know, come over. I'm just a kid. You know, he's 19 or 20, and I'm like, 12 and he's like no you know because i was the only other friend he had that cared anything about kiss <laughs> and he would hey you know let me copy and copy this for you i just looked at it as all one big thing i you know i didn't 
like Mark's saying, he, he wanted the bootleg concerts. I wanted the concerts. I wanted the bootleg audio. And the demos was all part of that. It was all bootlegs to me. And I was just as excited and giddy to dig and find Wicked Lester bootlegs in 1987-88 as I was getting Winterland on on, on uh, VHS or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I've always been into it. I, you know, I, I had, you know, I've had the, you know, stuff like the Destroyer demos and the Elder demos and all of those tapes that, you know, Peter Arquette and those guys back in the late 80s were putting out and selling. You know, I had that stuff back then. And, um, you know, as I got older and got some connections, I started getting my hands on stuff, you know, that Detroit, all that magnographic stuff. And, um, you know, I had, I had that stuff four or five, six years before it leaked. And, um, you know, so I like to, I'm much like Julian, I like to dive in and, and try to make connections and, and get my hands on as much as that stuff as I can, you know. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm really hoping for with the vault. Obviously, you know, anyone who's been online for any period of time and uh, goes to Kiss Online may have read one of the articles I wrote back way back. And that was when I bought a lot at the Kiss Butterfields auction, and I actually received the Stanley the Parrot acetate, which is, you know, to actually ha- have dreamt that and then it have happened, and to be holding that thing in your hand and flip it over and see it's got a sign on the other side as well, you know. Um, so that my transfers of those were just on a regular stereo. I'm hoping, and I would expect, that if Gene let that slip out into auction back then, that he has either original reels with that. I'm hoping for a pristine copy of Stanley the Parrot. Obviously, we did get Lita on the 2001 Kiss box set, and you compare that with the version that uh, had come from the Butterfields auction, and the difference is stunning. Um, you know, Even for what would have been a rudimentary demo. I'm hoping for... Um, you know, again, I had the Rotten to the Core 12-inch Acetate and all those songs, Jelly Roll, uh, The Burning Up of Fever, which I no longer have because I had a hard drive crash. Oh. So, yes, oh. and I, I lost all those original transfers of all that stuff um, because I did have a backup. My heart aches for you, buddy. <laughs> I, had, I had a backup tape, and it broke. Oh, damn. <laughs> A real backup tape, a DLT. Talk about luck. <laughs> yeah, no luck. I went to restore and heard snap, the grinding of I mean, the gear engaging and ripping the tape apart. And you know, I even sent the uh, the drive out for a restoration. And after six months, they came back to me. And they, I'm sorry, Mister Gill, we're unable to recover anything from this drive. Here's your bill for our failure. <laughs> so it's funny how as soon as. Every time you mention the hard drive, I notice Jason's eyes go up on his shelf, and I'm looking at my <laughs> I'm looking at my hard drive here underneath my thing here, which has all my album recordings on there. Going, oh shit, please don't die, you know? Because it's almost like we're jinxing it now, talking about it. It's like, please, please, you know? <laughs> I have about eight terabytes right here, full of stuff. Not just Kiss, mainly Kiss, but just full of stuff. Not to mention that I have spindles and spindles and spindles right beside me probably 2500 pack spindles of bootlegs beside me but uh i did just buy a six terabyte drive that i'm going to try to back all of the important stuff up on but man that's a good idea now when you say the important stuff i know you're talking about your warrant bootlegs right would be very important anything Janie lane <laughs> anything doesn't doesn't matter if it's warrant or jet yeah. jet boy you know if it means something to you and is rare it's uh, you know yeah 
rare is rare. That's right. So I mean, it's all it's all important to me, but you know, I definitely want to get this Kiss stuff backed up that I've got yeah. over the past you know ten years on hard. I do have my oldest drive here is just a you know a five hundred gig external drive that I bought probably ten or twelve years ago. So IDE or SATA? Oh, it's full, man. It's full. Man. I'm sure. But it's just waiting to go away, you know. So well, you know, I'm just uh, giving you a gentle ribbing because I know you're such a huge Warren fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Warren fan. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's funny. For when the you're... record, Jason and I have been friends for a long, long, twenty-some bazillion years. Yeah. It's funny because you guys are talking about all this. Uh, there was a good. Uh, a podcast on, I think it was with Bernie Grundman, did a podcast recently talking about um, mastering and stuff and talking about also preserving old material. And he went on there and I was like sweating profusely after he was talking about all this stuff because he was talking about that digital is not exactly the most reliable format That's in his true. eyes at all for, nope. for doing this. He, he still vows that two-inch like like or two inch or even quarter inch analog tape, he would any day rather preserve his material on than anything in a digital form. He says every five years he always takes his hard drives and backs everything up without fail because he said anything past that he just feels that something's gonna go wrong with it and corrupt, you know. And when he was telling me this, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta go start buying like these hard drives because I have one one decent good hard drive of my stuff on it, and I gotta go and back up this stuff i got albums on there i got another album already done like this is scary six yeah, terabytes yeah, I, baby i have a every computer that nice. i've ever had you know when i've either replaced it or something has gone bad on it i have a stack of like 10 hard drives over here on a shelf <laughs> and i really need to plug those in and see if any of them still work Oh you know, wow. that's, that, that's what my stack of hard drives looks like. You know, b- before I bring us back on track, I'll, I'll just say this: that I work in medical technology, and one of our big things has always been disc to disc to tape. And I've added a layer to that with my my personal systems: it is disc to NAS to tape to cloud. You know, so yeah. you just need to cover your ass in multiple ways. But let's get back to talking about Gene, Gene Simmons and, <laughs> yeah. and and the vault. You know, again, he's mentioned very little. And one of the things we're going into, Jason and myself, uh, we're buying into a dream. There is no track listing of these alleged 150 tracks. He said a little bit on, uh, on again, on the on the Fox and Friends, and I think it was on the Sirius FM um broadcast that the three Van Halen demos are included. And he specifically said three on one of those. Mm-hmm. He said, you can also hear me noodling around with Bob Dylan. That's on there. Um, he said the song with Joe Perry. So I'm assuming that is either an outtake from his solo album or preferably Mongoloid Man, which will yeah. bore people to death when they, when they actually hear it. They'll be, I waited all these years to hear that. I can't believe I'm that fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Life in the Woods. No, Life in the Woods was at least fun. Mongo- well, I guess, yeah. Mo- Mongoloid Man um, <laughs> is not. Um, okay. we'll, we'll leave that one there. Um, you know, so unlike Geraldo's vault, Gene Simmons' vault is definitely going to have something in there, but we just don't know what. <laughs> um, you know, 
his video was a very good example of how many of you watched the video and actually paused it when he was scrolling through the dat tapes um, and tried to start identifying. You know, I some... took pictures. I took screenshots of them and posted them in you know, collectibles on Facebook. Yeah, so you know, you, you then get a little bit more of the, a picture of what's going to be on there. I, I did. I've been doing interviews for Crazy Nights feature recently, and Adam Mitchell was approached, and I believe their version of "Are You Always This Hot" is going to be on there. Um, what else? I mean, there's just there's just it's Gene Simmons. There are so many of his demos out in circulation now. Just multiply that by a factor of five, and then there's probably. You know, that many sitting in his vault, and he's even said uh, a lot of them are really bad, um, and they're not going to get out. So, expectations. You know, what are a few of the songs that you really want to come out of this whole exercise in futility? Um, what is, you know, if you think of Gene Simmons, Alan, what are the sorts of songs that you eventually hope to hear on YouTube that someone's finally uploading, that they've done the vault experience, that you really, really, really want to experience? Well, it, it, for me, it's simple. I was been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Van Halen ones. Those are the ones that I've been waiting to hear because that's the one that's the that's the carrot that's being dangled all the time in front of our noses all the time. That you know, there he has them, but it's just a matter of time. Will they ever come out? I don't know. Will Will I ever be able to release them? But now we know they're going to come out. That's the one thing I really, really want to hear. I mean, and to be truthful, I really want to hear, you know stuff that that hasn't been out you know like i mean we, we go you go to make a search on youtube and there's like you said there's so many different gene simmons demos out there but you know to come across something that hasn't been heard yet that's like you know that's like the big win right there right right that um I, I, go ahead you, you said pretty <laughs> much the same thing i was gonna say uh, i mean really the van halen demos are the best well, but, uh, you know, we've heard over the years that there, you know, Ace Frehley played this solo, note for note. Now we're going to find out. Right. right. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, those are exciting, obviously, because we've heard about them for so long. Uh, when when we had when I had Julian on our show a couple days ago that we recorded, um, we were talking a little bit about this because that was the day that you know all of this broke. Um, I want to hear things that you're never expecting to hear. And one example I used was when the when the Kiss Box set came out. And of course, you know, everybody loved the Bell Sound Studio demos and everything like like that. Um but the the most the thing I was most excited about, which I I remember Julian rolled his eyes at, <laughs> is was the demo for You're All That I Want. Completely different arrangement of the song. And when he rolled his eyes, I said, It's my favorite kiss track in the whole catalog and i want to hear stuff like that i want to hear i hope i don't know if there's gonna be anything like that on here but i hope there are some primitive ideas kind of like detroit rock city when you've got that demo how primitive that was and what it turned into i hope that there are some primitive ideas on tape of classic kiss songs that evolved you know something that just completely off the wall sound you know that i want to hear that you know like yeah. writing sessions almost like how they don't like where, where they came from almost that's what i want to hear yeah a, I wanna... 150 teaching demos <laughs> e chord followed by f <laughs> although you'll have to admit 
the teaching demo of Baby Driver that, you know... Yeah, that's one hell of a lesson. Mm. That's one hell yeah. of a lesson. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I want to hear stuff like that. I hope there's stuff like that. So. Yeah. What about the book? Yeah, any, any, any of the show or shows, any of the songs, you know, we've heard a bunch of the demos. Are there alternate, like the um, Calling Dr. Love, Rock and Rolls Royce? Are there alternate recordings of that, you know? Things like that would be interesting to see. Yeah. Because we, we know that uh, how Calling Dr. Love turned out so so much differently. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I do like that. De- that's That one is probably one of my favorite demos. But, of course, Calling Dr. Love is my favorite Kiss song. So Which which demo? Because the uh, one of them is a mix between Calling Dr. Love and Rock and Roll's Voice, I believe. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've listened to any of the demos. A there, long time. You know, there are so many different versions of Calling Dr. Love as it kind of goes yeah. through its genesis. And that's the same with a lot of other Gene songs. He had Rotten to the Core. How many times? Um, I think I in my book I got up to at least four different versions of that. And then he recycled bits of it. Gene is like the ultimate. He throws it against the wall. What sticks, sticks, and what doesn't, he files away to throw against the wall later. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what him, makes him so fun as an artist in some senses, that he's, he's not a traditional artist. He writes something, but he never discards it. Paul Stanley says, if I write something for an album and it's not good enough, then we move on from there. And he doesn't revisit it. Gene mm-hmm. is, I'm going to keep coming back until your backbone slips, man. It's going on an album. He's going to make sure that line gets in there somehow, and sometimes twice, right? Huh. <laughs> Completely. And when you call him on it, he's like, whatever. You know, it it, it works. It's it's on the album. You know, it got through Paul Stanley. He, Paul Stanley was in charge. He let it go. So, yeah. That's right. That's Lay right. Off. So put your log in that fireplace, buddy. That's right. <laughs> Live to win, That's baby. Right. So... There's so many different you know things that we need to talk about with this. The book <laughs> on the on the web page um, for GeneSimmonsVault.com, you get one picture. You can identify one song hey, title from that book. He will slip you a ten because you mentioned his web address. I'm, I'm going to keep <laughs> mentioning it because it, you know this this is more than just talking about some of the pluses and minuses when it comes to it. it. It really is. People need to check it out and vote and decide for themselves whether it's the right choice for them. There is no right or wrong choice. Uh, Gene Simmons just punched me in the ribs and said, "Yes, there is, Mr. Gill. Yes, there's uh, one right choice." <laughs> the reason why I wanted to be on this podcast today was because moderating all these three Facebook groups that I have. There is, and seeing other posts in Facebook groups, there is so much misinformation. I was on an Australian Facebook page last night where they were having their typical bitch session about the costs and everything, and I and they were saying, you know, not paying fifty thousand dollars to have Gene do anything, you know, or whatever. I said, yeah, but with the two thousand dollar package, you also get to meet Gene and and. Four or five people come back and said, "No, that's only with the fifty thousand dollar package." That's mind-boggling. You know, it's clear is it's clear that so many people just saw the initial blurbs and never, never took the chance to go to the website and read. You know, well, that's so. because nobody does the research that they they need to. The minute that some, they hear something that fits, yeah, their vision, run with it. 
Yeah, when yeah, when, I, when you live in your own echo chamber, all you need is that echo, and then you get uh-huh. to get then you get to be pissed off, and you know sometimes it's more fun to be pissed off than to be correct. Mark, I don't understand that. No, I was just gonna say that I, I gotta tip my hat to to Jason because the other I think earlier on today I was just on uh, one of the Kiss My uh, Collectibles pages and just the amount of arguing and just moderating that poor Jason has to do is unbelievable. So my hat's off to you, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. It's difficult, man. You know, and Julian's been doing it with FAQ board for Decades. way longer than any of us combined. Yeah. I, you, know, you know, it it's just maddening to me why people would, would just want to spend their time constantly bitching about everything. It's like, you know, if you don't like it, great. I don't care if you don't like it, but God, do you have to come on and call Gene a greedy Jew? That gets you banned from my groups automatically, by the way. Totally. If, if, Instant yeah. decapitation. Yeah. You, you want to you be bigoted? You're out of here. You yeah. want to have an I opinion? Mean, you want to take a little bit of time and frame your argument? Go for it. We'll take the yeah. plus. We'll take the minus. You want to bring in any of that crap? You're out. You know, you're going to be you're going to be lazy and ignorant. Forget it. I agree. These two guys, Mark and Alan, they they articulated their points of why they were not interested in buying it. Perfectly fine. If people would take the time on these stupid Facebook groups and message boards to speak like that, we would all get along just fine. But yeah. Yeah. And that's I was just going to say the same thing. I go, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying why you can't do it or why you would like to do it but can't do it. But to go out and just lash out like that, just you know, it's just so art. It's, it's like so primitive to me and doing something like that. It just doesn't make any sense, and it just makes your job harder for something that you're trying to make as a more you know, not like a really cool environment to be in, talking about records and stuff like that. To turn into something like that is just a headache, you know. And, and and for this reason, I don't miss running a Kiss-related message board anymore. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> can, can, can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm in it to the end, so you know, you know, and all that. So, um, you know, there's been misinformation about the the whole set, and a lot of it is, you know, I think coming down to Gene himself and how they've wanted to launch this product. I don't doubt that Gene has been paid up front now, and it is all about the the company having to recoup. Um, that, that's one thing. Misinformation that was up on the KISS FAQ message board was that it was going to be $10,000. That's not a price point for anything, and unless uh, they suddenly went to the FAQ and said, well, people are bitching about 10000 Maybe we'll try two instead and see if that, that sticks any better. Somehow, I don't think so. So, uh, you know, nice try. Uh, Your source was wrong. It happens. (laughs) Move on. Um, You know, or here's some butthurt cream. Um, This episode brought to you by (laughs) Julian Gill's butthurt cream. Nah, Chip Magoo's butthurt cream. (laughs) It burns more than the burn ever burned. So, so back on topic is, you know, is Gene rightfully being taken to task about the price versus the experience? Do you think that people are really just reacting to how much uh, does one pay to go on a kiss meet and greet? I did one in April, 13, 1350 bucks plus tax and all that crap. Um, 
And for that price, I, ha I I got the acoustic performance, obviously, which is a very special thing, very fun, especially when the roadies have actually tuned the instruments and done the setup properly, which they did not do in <laughs> Reno. Um, there is also your guaranteed a ticket in a certain row. That row may be half a mile to the left of stage, but you'll still be in the row. Um <laughs> You also get autographs and all that shit with the band. They may make you hold the poster up in the air and sign it wiggling, but it's an autograph. And you get a photo with the band, and you may be pushed on stage, take a picture, be pushed off, and next person. So, whatever. The, the point is, it's still a foursome figure for an experience of the band, and here you're going to get several minutes with Gene, um, or an hour, or two hours. If you have mm -hmm. 25 friends or are very rich, is it, is it value? For me personally, because I have already met Gene and Paul and Ace and um, the, the only original member I have not met is Peter Chris. Um, for me, that would not be a value Back in 1995, when I went to the Nashville official convention, you know, $100 seemed like we were getting robbed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would pay $100 for a meet and greet now. <laughs> there was, a lot, there if, was a lot of bitching if, if, about the convention, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You know, I almost didn't go to the convention because at the time, $100 was a big chunk of money, you know, and we needed that money. Oh shit! It still you know, is. But a, my it wife still was like, a lot of money. You, you "Yeah, she was like, you really need to go because if you don't go to this, you're going to be kicking yourself forever." You know, yeah. so I'm glad that I went because I met Gene and Paul that day. I got to be in the same room with Jason Herndon. I mean, what more could you ask for? <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> you know? I know. Now, it's but, funny I mean, for, that. for some people, you know. The value that they're getting the two thousand dollars, even though it's a five minute, supposed to be ten or five or whatever, you know, for them, that value may be there, and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't dispute know the problem for. I don't dispute that. That's a good. That's a good word. Thank you. I don't dispute that because that's their money to spend how they see fit. I think it's a. I I want to look at it as a a different type of experience because all of those other experiences we've had Nashville convention in 95 and you know your regular meet and greets and and stuff like that it, it's you know our ace meet and greet that we went to Alan it's a cattle it's a cattle call and well Nashville 95 wasn't but most of the time it's a cattle call you're rushed up there you're you don't really get to sit and talk with them if you read the fine print not not even the, not the fine print, but if you read the print in the FAQ of GeneSimmonsVault.com, uh, it says you know there's uh, songs and story questions, you know, yeah. there's a lot of different things that I, I want to. I'm envisioning, you know, you meet up in this little this lobby or wherever or this ballroom or wherever he's having it, and you know, Jason Herndon, it's your turn. You're you get to go into this separate room with with Gene, and you get your your vault is there and all that stuff, and you get to sit down and talk to the man. That's a different kind of experience than right. any other kind of experience that most of us have ever had with any member of the band. And so <laughs> I I think that kind of uh, glamorizes it for me. 
personally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, you know what? And I, I agree with it from that, from that angle because, and that's why, for example, for me, I, I like I mentioned earlier, I probably wouldn't do it because, like I said, I'm fortunate enough. For example, I met Bruce Kulick one year at NAM, and I talked to him for like 25, 30 minutes, and by the end of it. You know, his his girlfriend at the time, I don't even think he was married at that point yet, but she said, you know, you want to take a picture? And it was really laid back, easy to talk to, you know, great guy. Same thing with Eric Singer. I got to talk to him once they're at the, this, this thing, and it was really a, a laid back, easy to talk to person. You know, he's a very excitable guy, right? But, uh, you know, he loves talking about sports, too, which was really interesting. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, but it's it was a really great experience. And like another great experience I had, I met Chuck Billy of Testament there, and he literally asked with, for me to go with him to lunch within the convention hall. So I spent like pretty much the afternoon with this guy who I listened to his records for years, Testament, right? And, you know, those are the kind of things I'm fortunate enough to do because I go to those things. That's why when I saw this thing for Gene Simmons, sure, if I had the money in a heartbeat, I would go and do it. But because I have these opportunities to do it, to me putting $2,000, having to sell half my record collection to do it, I just wouldn't do it for that. You know what I mean? Just I because I have, op- I just have the opportunity to do it another way. That's why. Right? Yeah, NAM is definitely a an advantage, for sure. But you know? NAM is also apples and oranges, to a certain extent. NAM is an industry thing, whereas mm-hmm. this is a consumer thing. So, yeah. you, you know, to, to a certain extent, it's almost unfair to compare the two. I'm wondering... Can Gene be as human as Peter Chris has been? I've been a, a big proponent and fanboy of Peter Chris's because of how well he has done his events uh, from my perspective and my interaction with him going back to 2003. So I, I know people have had bad experiences with Peter. Um, I'm sorry, but mine have been absolutely fantastic. The hugs, you know. Jesus, walking into the LA Expo, I thought I'd get a picture with him, get autograph, and get a, a chance to say, you know, thank you, Peter, you know, for the music that's been part of the soundtrack to my life. You know, something mushy like that. I did not expect a freaking hug. And then at the, uh, the cutting room final show, again, him coming out when he's sick as a dog after the show and hanging with every guest who is still there for photos and hugs. And you know, being tactile and just, you know, here, here was a guy who was just so emotionally appreciative of you as a fan, regardless of, you know, whether he knew what you do online or do in professional life, you know, he treated everyone the same. He was hugging rock stars before me and treated me with the same respect. So I'm wondering, is Gene capable because I, I've seen Gene in different situations. Um, you know, I didn't go to any asshole parties. That's just not my thing. But, um, you know, is he go, is he going to give you a feeling in that five minutes for $2,000 where he hands you your box set? Is that his only kind of guiding thing? A very kind of almost Trumpian, I hand you your product, you have been serviced. Would you like fries with that? Um <laughs> In, in, oh, damn, you sounded almost just like him, man. <laughs> in a gymnasium. Um, it, I, I think it, it's important that Gene realizes if he can inject a little bit of his humanity into the experience, 
um, that I'm doing this because I respect him. I'm, I'm not expecting anything special from him, I'm, you know, that he's not going to give to everyone else. I would like it to be a little bit more than transactional, because for 2000 bucks I could get an Escort. That would be a hell of a lot more fun <laughs> in the transaction than getting a vault would be. Um, and I, I totally would never do anything like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to make a point in a very kind of... Uh, Well-made. Comical way. <laughs> tactless, tacky. Uh, <laughs> tacky way. But you know what? But I think it also depends on one thing that you kind of ta- talked about is what you, you're ex- you want that experience where he's a little bit more human right in your experience almost but it all de- i think it also it, i think it also depends on what people expect gene simmons to be like you know do you expect him to be like the guy that you saw in family jewels or did you do you expect him to be like the guy that you see on the kiss videos like in exposed or something like that or do you expect you know what i mean like what are you expecting that's what i think was more important like what would you expect jake so like what's the gene simmons that you think will come I want to, you know, I've met Gene a, a few times in my life as well, and I've met him in several different situations where he's the salesman and he's the rock star and all that stuff. I want to meet Gene Simmons, the uh, the proud, poor immigrant, you know, of a Holocaust survivor, uh, the, the guy that's just grateful to be here. I want him to to be grateful that I, if if I spend it, I spent two thousand dollars to buy this thing. And just you know, I just want him to say thank you and thank you for being a fan. And um, you know, it's it's good to meet you. And that you know, if he doesn't come in his cocky salesman way, I I think I'll be happy. You know, he do, he uh, doesn't need to be a salesman at these events. That's the whole thing. He's, he's already, already sold. sold. <laughs> You're already there. You know, and I I think you just raised a very good point, uh, point, Jason. You know, I may well go in and say, Gene, I'm an immigrant too. I came to this country. I'm don't have as much of a tan or an accent as you had i didn't have to learn the language i got a little bit more of a free pass coming to america and already speaking english um but i've also realized the american dream that you've realized that i'm a success in my own sphere and it's wonderful to meet someone else who is a wonderful success that's played a big role in my life you know it would just be nice i I think if he can drop the mask for that Mm -hmm. event and show people who are paying the real Gene Simmons behind the mask, um, you know, the humble Gene Simmons who really is thankful for all that he has attained, that he's worked very hard for. He, he has certainly worked very hard. I, I, I don't begrudge and uh, I would never denigrate any of his efforts because he mm-hmm. has always been a very hardworking person. He's a great role model. It would be nice just for him to maybe bask in fans coming in and maybe being a little bit mushy you mean so much to me you've had it without throwing out gymnasiums or you're a powerful attractive man you know maybe it's time to come up with some new 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 lines for the events (laughs) and and by going to la instead of las vegas or any of the other ones which I, i have to travel i'm san francisco no matter what um i've totally gone in expecting that this is going to be awkward because he's going to be finding his feet at this event. You can't go in sure. and kind of plan for how it really is going to feel. You're going to know how you want to process each customer. So, you know, th- there's so many unknowns. I want a little bit of humanity out of him. And by the time I do it, it'll, I, it'll be in Atlanta. It's the last date. 
he will have done this. Man, you'll be you'll, you'll be out of there in four minutes and fifty nine seconds. Yeah. Man, he'll have Vinny take care of you. Yeah. Well, don't you think that uh, at these events, part of how Gene interacts with you will depend on how you interact with him? Totally. He's going mm-hmm. to completely feed off you, your energy. If you go in there all frightened and nervous, then you, you, you're going to have a different experience. And I guess if you go in there confident and have a plan of, you know, number one, think about what you want to say to him. You know, you've you've got a very limited amount of time. You can't go in there. I have my index cards. For, you know, you're not, you're, bullet points. Never Gene, look at him, guy. Never make for, eye contact. For, for all all of my life, you have been a very important. No, no. And what he you want him to get something out of it as well. I mean, maybe if he feels a little bit more appreciated, don't go in there and give him a lecture about Spotify, or iTunes, and how he doesn't understand the current model, and you know, Gene, maybe if you put out an electronic press kit when you did this with four songs to download from iTunes, um, you know, don't kick him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think people seem to forget, though, that at the end of the day, Gene Simmons is just a regular human being like we all are. And if you treat him like something no, he's different. Gene Simmons. Well, you know what? He may think that, but I've never thought that. And I mean, that's the first thing I was over when I went on my very first time to name. I don't know. I keep saying this all the time, but I think this is important to bring up is that my rep guy, because I was there the first time and I was younger and, you know, inexperienced at this whole sort of thing. He told me, he goes, the best thing you can do when you're walking around here is don't be the starstruck kid. Be the be like their equals. You're, you know what I mean? Because then they'll treat you that way and they won't, you know, treat you disrespectfully or brush you off. And if you treat Gene like a normal person and have a good, meaningful conversation to him, then I can expect that he'll give you the same in return. Or security. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I remember this guy from Nashville in 95. Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy that asked the Vinnie Vincent question. That was so funny. <laughs> No, that that goes beyond funny. That is legend. So, you know, what are, what are we missing, Jason? I mean, we we have talked offline quite a bit about some of the things we want to talk about today. What am I? Were what, you going to talk about the book more? Yeah, we did. We didn't. We started in on the book, and then we got off on a tangent on hard drives. We should talk about the book. <laughs> <laughs> talk about talk about the book. I I, I just got to step away for one second, Jason. You want to lead us into the book? Well, I you know, the the book is probably more exciting to me than, um, than, than even the music because, you know, it's, it's going to today when we saw all those videos, we got to see how big this thing is. I mean, it looks like history. It, it, mm-hmm. it looks huge, you know? And, uh, so I can't wait to flip through that. One of the, in one of the interviews that the lady was flipping through the book a little bit and man, I was just thinking, that thing looks incredible. So, yeah, I mean that's the that's the one the one thing that really kind of makes me always kind of like eh, now I'm you know having that little second thought all the time about this is that that book because you know like I said earlier I'm a big studio gearhead guy and I love being in a recording studio and when you, when they flipped through some of it and I saw that they did have like studio shots and him in the studio doing things that's just like wow I'd really love to see some of these 
pictures, you know, that we've never seen, I'm sure, you know, these are probably all from his own personal collection, like he said before. And to see those shots, that's the one thing that's kind of kicking me in the rear end for not going to go do this is because I'd love to see what are inside, what's inside this book. Yeah, because I'm sure even if they they actually do some kind of smaller, limited version of this, I'm sure that book will be nothing a part of it. You know, I'm, I'm sure this is going to be the only way you're getting that book because mm-hmm. it's big. So, you know, and that was one of the things I saw on, on, again on the Fox broadcast was them flipping through that. I was like, cameraman, zoom in. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Do a guy a favor here and zoom in so we can actually see some of those pages. When when you think about Kissology, remember the reaction people had to the Carnival of Souls studio session Easter egg? You know, yeah. any, anything that's going to show you behind the scenes, any of those pictures, which we've, we've seen glimpses of maybe what might be in there, the size of the book, I mean, it, it, it also looks to be like the print quality looks like you are going to get a major buzz when you open that. The ink fumes are just <laughs> going to just straight like yeah. history again. Um, the book, you know, again, when I posted on Facebook that I was looking for a plus one to go halves, you can have everything except the book. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I'm here. I am, you know, 40 years later and to find new pictures that haven't been seen yet, you know, I think to me personally, that's more of a Holy grail than the demos or the bootlegs or all of that stuff, you know, and Chris Inzak is really good at finding pictures that I have never seen. You know, and he's always posting on Instagram. That's the stuff that I like. So I would like to have that book. So when you decide that you don't want the book anymore, Julian, give me first dibs. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, it's easy for me to decide that uh, the action figure I have zero interest in. In Gene, we trust. Well, you know what? I'm dropping 2000 so in Gene, I do trust. I, I trust Gene to deliver, but I don't need the medallion to uh, prove the fact. He's already got my credit card details. Um, you know, so, so, some, and then there is, of course, the mystery mm. insert or uh, premium, I guess, uh, for, for want of a better phrase, which might be included in it. L.A. Well, that could be anything, right? Yeah, it could be. It could be. He may have been saving up his toenail trimmings. Now, is that the same thing that you're I'm talking out. about? Yeah, I'm, yeah. That does it for me. Because yeah. that man probably doesn't have nice toenails. No, but you did hear him uh, talking on Sirius about his gum and uh, being put up on eBay. He may well. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But it, is that premium that you're talking about, Julian, is that the same thing? I, I thought I read somewhere on the site uh, that he said that each person's going to get a an item from his personal kiss collection or something like that did you read that 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 is well, they were I, showing something like that yeah that, that he was is, going that through some big huge room and there was mm-hmm. like a bunch of boxes and he was going through and he said i'm going to include something really cool for my own collection like yeah. he's going through and they had all kinds of like odd like you know license plates and uh, all kinds of stuff there you know like here's, here's your used kiss condom <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 Nine, 1979 Mr. Gill's here here's a copy of all your books back please get these out of my <laughs> I don't have anywhere to store these damn things would you, would you please stop sending me these 
you know, Alan, who is uh, obviously the Kiss in Japan author and uh, uh-huh. regular on our podcast and others, you know, has been in that actual room, I believe. Yes, he has. And wow. So what could it be? You know, uh, you know what? I don't I don't really mind if Gene's giving you something that's not advertised. That is a gift, um, something personal from his collection. You know, maybe it's a scrap of lyrics. Maybe it's something else. It, it doesn't matter. It's, uh, again, an added premium to the experience, a, a little bit of mystery. Who knows? You know, Maybe he has some 1984-era Shannon Polaroids. Ah. You know, <laughs> maybe they were not all burned. Of course, yeah, that wouldn't be any kind of... <laughs> Illegal? Immoral? special really because you know hell she's in tons of magazines back then tons of movies naked what why do we need a polaroid you know it's, you know because it's, it's not like personal oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i see so where have we not gone with to with this topic because well the vault itself i was yeah the vault itself the it's vault uh, itself we haven't spoken I, about the container mm-hmm. <clears throat> i've mentioned that the uh you know, I've mentioned Kisteria a few times, but for those who don't know what that is, that was the box set of the 36 2014 uh, reissues on vinyl. And you know, oh, man, it's I a, thought it was a Def Leppard Kiss mashup. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> and I need animal. Yeah. But anyway, that you know that. You know that uh, th- it, box that Kisteria comes in is rather big, and when I saw that dude hefting that Gene Simmons vault across the parking lot half his size. I mean, that thing is huge. It's even huge. bigger. It's, it's even bigger. It's hugely. Hugely. Yes. <laughs> so, looks cool to me. Yeah, it looks very looks very sturdy. That's why I was almost, when I was mentioning before, if this vault is sturdy enough to actually double as a real vault for valuables. I mean, it, it almost looks like it could be, but no I doubt, way. you know, no, maybe, not, maybe not the at 36 internal. pounds. It at is not 36. Exactly. No at 36 way. Pounds is very doubtful. You know, just it's like, made out of a, just like a kiss. Wind. It has a beautiful facade, but inside <laughs> it's made out of Lego. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not solid steel. That's for sure. But now it, it doesn't, it have metal wheels on it. Mm-hmm. Did I read that? It it yeah. does, and they have a video so of someone wheeling it in, and you know it looks to be about two and a half, nearly three feet tall. So I'm thinking that I don't need to buy the Kiss Urn anymore, as this will be a sufficient <laughs> um, way to save some costs. I don't need to go for the full coffin. Um, you know, when I'm done and done, done and dusted, I can be baked and put in with some of my favorite collectibles and. You know, maybe get a half plot instead of the full plot. So, thank you, that's actually a maybe, good maybe idea. Maybe you can go in with somebody else that's buying the the same experience, and they can have the other half of the plot. Well, you know, maybe there's plenty of room for multiple <laughs> occupancy. You know, you can rent out little compartments inside the vault. You know, sell them on for the. You know, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. You know, forget the music. Just you know, shovel us all in there and drop us in the ground. There you go. I wonder if it's going to have. We haven't seen the interior of it. I wonder if it's yeah. going to be red velvet. Know, if there's going to be slotted or something like that, where you can. Yeah, for the CDs. Yeah, where you, how's the CDs going to be housed in this thing? Is it all just going to be thrown in there? Is it going to have you know slots or, you know, whatever? Or at least I haven't was, seen any photos of it. 
Yeah, I would think that they're have to be, they're going to probably make it look really nice in there that you can probably position all the CDs in there yeah. nicely and you know. So you know, let's kind of bring this up to wrap. Where you know we're sure. over an hour mark here, and I do like to keep us as concise as possible. Um, the Gene Simmons experience, whether it's the vault, the producer, or the home, is not an insult to you as a fan. It is maximizing what he can recoup, what the the label distributor can recoup before all this stuff leaks out because he knows as anyone knows you go on youtube demos are just all over the place the moment one person has it i'm going to share with you i'm going to share with you you promise not yeah i promise yeah here you know (laughs) bullshit people promise everything (laughs) so he's going to get as much as he can out of it initially and then I, I don't doubt that there will be a cheaper version sometime down the road. Who knows what form it will take. Because get the most out of those people willing to pay first. And then get the most out of the people who are willing to pay then. And then get the most... It, it's a tough business model these days in the music industry. And Gene is has proved over and over again with what he says that he is not interested in learning about the new realities. I mean, come on, the man's nearly 70 years old. Right. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I'm working on my MBA, and I'm in a marketing class right now, and I think Gene took the same class that I'm in. Because, you know, (laughs) I listened to that uh, interview with him on SiriusXM, and it was straight out of that book, that class that I'm taking. It was so funny. (laughs) Well, maybe there is some sort of a, you know, like a point-by-point point way of following this whole marketing approach, you know? Well, you know, that's one of the things it talks about. Who are the people that are going to pay you a premium? Those are the people you target first. Mm-hmm. Once you've targeted those customers and satisfied those customers, you move to the uh, customers who are showing somewhat of an interest, you know, and then as you get to the end, you get to the people who... They're not going to buy it until it's last year's model. Even if they buy it. Right. The, and and some of them won't buy it no matter what because right. it's just not in, in their realm. Because gonna, Gene Simmons isn't getting another penny of my money. Yeah, and, and that's the one thing that really bothers me. Some of the comments that I have seen is, I've given Kiss so much money over the years, I don't owe them another dime. Sorry, guys, that's not how it works. You, no. cho- you, you chose to follow or to continue to follow them. Um, if you listen to anything you owe them if you could buy i don't care if you've gone to mcdonald's every week for all your life you're not going in and saying where, say. yeah where's my free cheeseburger no I'm, they're yeah, gonna... by that logic i've bought enough groceries yeah. that it's time that walmart yeah. starts giving them to me yeah I, I i paid for my medical insurance for 40 years um you know now, now it's free right no it doesn't work that way Nope. <laughs> he he is a business. He he has not kept this stuff to just go handing it out. Well, you know, thanks. Oh shucks. You know, here have a demo. You know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He, he he worked on it all. He, you know, I I will say this: if you're not able to afford it, look forward to well the evening of January the sixth. Hopefully, when I receive my box, I will do an unboxing live facebook video so that you can le- you can at least share in it and that's even if you are purchasing it you will get my reactions from my hotel room in la of what it's like i will tell you and hopefully have someone there with me to help shoot video of the experience um i will also send gene 
suggestions then of how he can improve it for everyone who comes afterwards. And maybe they will listen. Maybe they won't. They'll say, yeah, Julian, shut up. Um, you know. Again. Again. <laughs> Again. And, that, and that's fine. But that, that is my only promise. Yes. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, shit. I get another one? Uh, yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. I'm running out of wall space for the frames. Um, <laughs> so, so that is the promise that I make the, the KISS community. That if you're not able to do it, I will share my experience with you. I will unbox with you so you get to see. I will not play any music. I'm not going to go there and give you samples. You know, We've heard samples of Christine 16 on the hotline, It's My Life, Weapons, um, Juliet, which I still say is Julian. But, uh, <laughs> you know, are you ready? You have heard. I still think Gene needs to do an iTunes four-track EP. Just put up four songs from the whole album $1.29 each or make it that you have to buy the whole lot for $7.99 maybe wet his beak in the uh, digital realm and to, to bring interest because I, I don't think he's doing enough just by going to Fox or CNN or Sirius to, right. to, to really benefit from it and come next year's record store day Gene record store day how about you do something from that box for record store day Kiss has mm-hmm. never done a thing. Well, there's been some things that got okay. canceled at the last minute. Okay, so. that, that got canceled at the last minute. So Kiss is that never, was a label thing. Yeah, so that has never been done. Obviously, the label thing has been sorted out because this box is happening. So if right. you want to continue marketing, it's not just about selling the product now. It's about selling it in October, selling it in November. Alan, MBA. You don't just start selling and stop selling and hope that it continues to sell. It's a continuous process of selling through to next year. I mean, what are you going to do? Do an EP at Christmas. Do something. You have to keep the punters interested. You have to keep us enticed. Our attention span is like nothing. Mm-hmm. I tell you what. If he had some vinyl stuck in this thing. Yes. There's no way that I wouldn't find a way to buy it. Look at, no way. Look at your copy of Kistry. Remember that little 45-sized, mm-hmm. um, it would have been a, a, a test pressing or a private pressing, and I can't even remember the song now. It may have been, you know, Leader or something, Bullfrog Beer. Repro that. Repro the, uh, the, the, uh, the Richcraft Acetate. Vinyl. Shit. Dude, I... Absolutely. I mean, look at the reaction to, say, the Def Leppard EP. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gene, if you've got Kiss stuff that's on here, added money, especially the premium people pay for Record Store Day vinyl. So, you know, th- there's lots of options. I'd like to get each of your, your final thoughts on this topic, and then uh, we'll wrap up with uh, just a little bit about each one of our shows and what we're doing. Um, Alan, final thoughts on... The Gene Simmons Vault.com. My final thought on the Gene Simmons Vault is don't insult your friend if they pay for the experience because you <laughs> think they're stupid. It's their money. They can be stupid with it if they want, and it's none of your damn business. That went so well with your accent, man. That was. <laughs> you can take the hillbilly out of the hills, but you can't take the hills out of the hillbilly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got out of you in person as well. You're totally real. Yeah. Mark, 
Final thoughts. Well, I think I think I'll totally echo what Alan said. I think that's exactly it. I mean, if you can afford it and you you're comfortable with it and you and you're excited about it, by all means go for it. Uh, if some if some people can't, you know, don't don't put the don't rub salt in the wound for those who can't. But you know, if you can enjoy it, great. I think it's a if you can afford to do it, it looks like it's an amazing thing to get. And you know, more power to you if you grab it. Jason, <clears throat> just be kind to people. You know, I've had to deal with all this nonsense with these people on these Facebook boards and groups and stuff look man you know just as those guys said you know if you if you don't want to do it great if you do want to do it great don't begrudge anyone who is don't begrudge gene for selling this product like this because as we've discussed it you know at the two thousand dollar price point it you know if you break it all down it's it's a good price it's a it's a sensible price for what you're getting and I just, you know, I can't stand all the people just being rude to each other. So, good Lord, just don't be an ass. Yeah. Live vicariously through those of us who are willing to share. As I mentioned, I will share my experience as much as I possibly can with all of you who can't. So that you, those of you who may be on the fence about doing it will um, get a good idea about what you're going to receive. Let's talk a little bit about what each one of our podcasts are working on. Mark, uh, let's start with you. Project Gemini. You know, your your album, which I played part of at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo for the uh, for the audience there. What's going on in your world? Well, um, on Saturday, I end the pre-order for, this, for my record. Um, again, the big thing about doing the pre-order is that if you get the uh, pre-order it now then you get into the Project Gemini Club for free and if you do that then there are many uh, fun things you can get people have won free test pressings through contests that I had um, you know there's all, all kinds of discounts you can get for example for this record if you were in the club you get a discount 15% for buying it and uh, you know there's lots of cool things like that I also have a new t-shirt that's coming out. I just put it on my uh, Project Gemini Facebook page. Uh, that's available now. Four days left till it goes and starts getting printing. But as of this evening, I'm going to be putting up another shirt, which is going to be the album cover design shirt that's going to go up next. So I know people have been asking me all day about the album cover design shirt. So that will go up next as well. So you can find Mark online on Facebook, Mart Anthony K, and uh, obviously I'm a valued member of the Kiss FAQ podcast team. Um, Jason, Kiss my. Well, we'll we're gonna say collectibles. Uh, <laughs> you know, Kiss my wax has morphed into Kiss my collectibles, exactly. but we still do vinyl specific <clears throat> shows. The collectibles shows is about Kiss collectibles, obviously, and then the bootleg shows are about bootlegs. But yeah. KissMyCollectibles.com with a K. Um, I'm, I know that Tom and I, Tom Shannon and I, will be at the um, Atlanta convention in January. We have boot, we have a booth there. Um, I would be remiss. Uh, uh, Andrew is supposed to be there. Andrew Scabetti is supposed to be there with us, but he may be attending the Gene Simmons Experience on the same day in Detroit. So. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work out. We'll see. But anyway, Tom and I will definitely be there. 
Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Tom Shannon has the the three volume Kiss LP vinyl book, um, eighteen hundred variations documented over the last three years, and definitely the last years with the Kiss My book. Um, you can pick that up at the Rockologist, the Rockologists with an S dot com, and uh, ninety nine bucks for three books. Uh, it's it's going to be absolutely incredible. So check that out. It's an absolutely insane project that Tom has been involved in to get this into print. And you know, as someone who's done the publishing thing, you know, congratulations to Tom for you know taking this project all the way from you know vision to reality. So I want to echo that. Rockologist.com. Do please check it out. It's an absolutely incredible, incredible body of work for anyone who's just interested in discographies, let alone collecting and variations. Uh, the amount of work that's gone into it is absolutely outstanding. So yeah, there's going to be some some pretty shocking things in there that you know stuff that people have never seen before, never even thought about. That just variations of records you never even thought existed. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Alan, what about you and the Ages of Rock guys? What are you guys up to with some episodes coming or anything else that you have on your plate? Today, the second part of our Christopher Williams interview went live. We, uh, we, you know, we went to the Rock and Pod Expo in Nashville and we interviewed Toby Wright, uh, Rick Rule, Matthew McCormack, um, Walter Egan, Gary Corbett, and Christopher Williams and we had such a good time talking to Christopher that we never really with the exception of talking about the Peter Chris drum set we never got past talking about Christopher Williams and accept so the following Tuesday we got him on Skype and finished our interview so we basically got almost two hours of just all kinds of stuff with Christopher so that second part of that episode went live today the other the Walter Egan and all the other stuff has already gone live and a week from today which will be September 21st I'm not sure when this recording will be released but uh, a week from today we have uh, a special guest on our show Ken the Podfather Mills oh Jesus (laughs) he joined us and he was hilarious and it's his first video podcast so so he had to make all kinds of faces, and he I think he had more fun doing the podcast than we had interviewing him. <laughs> and then uh, we have a couple of other feelers out there for some more interviews coming up, but I don't like to talk about potential guests before we get anything confirmed because a good way to kill an interview is to brag about it before you've done it <laughs> yeah wait until people get to enjoy it and then say how excited you were that it happened so i i usually wait until i've actually got the video uploaded on youtube even though it's still unlisted i'm like hey we've got an interview with such and such coming up yeah <laughs> to- totally agree okay i'm gonna pimp some of my stuff and yesterday i got in the proof Holy copy crap. of my kiss on tour book this is the atlanta expo single volume edition 900 actually it's up to 986 now 986 pages it's all three volumes in one shot it's got a custom cover 
they're only going to be 50 copies of this made of the hardcover. <clears throat> I'm not doing mass market of this. It's just too expensive. So it's obviously a premium. Uh, I'm looking forward to being able to show everyone what it actually looks like. Um, you know, so the Atlanta Expo is kind of my next big thing. I'm very much looking forward to it. If I did not get the opportunity to meet you in Nashville, I am looking forward to meeting you in Atlanta. And Jason, that goes for you. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Ages of Rock plans on Alan, being in Atlanta. Alan, I'll, but be, I'll meet you we're again coming anywhere. We're to Atlanta just as three idiots that want to watch a fiasco. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it, it, We've already bought our tables, so we're definitely there. Yeah, we're definitely there. Uh, Tim McFate will be there, and we will be signing copies of Odyssey. If you have uh, bought a copy, feel free to bring it in. We will be honored to sign copies of any of our books, and that includes the Gene A. Speter and Paul book, which Tim was a... Uh, you know, a massive part of as well, just as much as Odyssey and any of my books, bring them on in. I'll sign them. You, you want my autograph? Well, I write like a two-year-old, but you can have it. There you go. Um, what else do we have going on? Right now, we're about to celebrate the one-year anniversary since Odyssey came out, and I've been sharing a whole bunch of uh, documents from my archive about the Odyssey on the Odyssey Facebook page. So hopefully you've been following those and enjoying them because there's a lot of stuff that was only kind of mentioned in the books that you now get to see the source material of. Um, on the one-year anniversary, I'll be sharing an interview, a new Elder-related interview that is not in the book, in the current printing, um, which provides a further kind of uh, dig into the album. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, check us out on Facebook. And of course, uh, you know, we will continue to do the Kiss FAQ podcast and hopefully entertain you. So let's wrap this up from, um, I guess, me, Julian and Mark at the Kiss FAQ podcast, Alan at Ages of Rock podcast, and Jason. Dot com. <laughs> uh, Jason at Kiss My Collectibles. Uh, thank you for listening. With a to, K. With a K. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us talking about the Gene Simmons Vault. You know, go to GeneSimmonsVault.com. Check it out for yourself. The home experience, the vault experience, or the producer experience. See what's on offer. Hopefully, Gene will share a little bit more information about what is actually contained within this vault. Uh, but, you know, we've uh, given you some insight into some of what we've garnered about the product. And, uh, you know, don't hate on anyone. If you can't do it, if you can, great. And if not, enjoy when we do share what we do experience with these uh, various products. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you all on our podcasts. Peace out, people. Yeah.